Just so we know, we've, that we've had the Last Supper. Jesus has gone out into the, the garden to pray. His disciples have managed to let him down at his greatest hour of need. And he's been arrested um, when Judas has betrayed him with a kiss. And I'm going to be reading from the, the message version. Arresting Jesus, they marched him off and took him into the house of the chief priest. Peter followed, but at a safe distance. In the middle of the courtyard, some people had started a fire and were sitting around it, trying to keep warm. One of the serving maids was sitting at the fire, noticed him, and took a second look and said, This man was with him. He denied it. Woman, I don't even know him. A short time later, someone else noticed him and said, You're one of them. But Peter denied it. Man, I am not. About an hour later, someone else spoke up, really adamant. He's got to have been with him. He's got Galilean written all over him. Peter said, Man, I don't know what you're talking about. At that very moment, the last word hardly off his lips, a rooster crowed. Just then, the master turned and looked at Peter. But Peter remembered what the master had said to him. Before the rooster crows, you'll deny me three times. He went out and cried and cried and cried. The men in charge of Jesus began poking fun at him, slapping him around. They put a blindfold on him and taunted, Who hit you that time? They were having a grand old time with him. When it was morning, the religious leaders of the people and the high priests and the scholars all got together and brought him before their high council. They said, Are you the Messiah? He answered, If I said yes, you wouldn't believe me. If I had asked you what you meant by your question, you wouldn't answer me. So here's what I have to say. From here on, the Son of Man takes his place at God's right hand, the place of power. They all said, So you admit it. You claim to be the Son of God. You're the ones who keep saying it, he said. But they'd made up their minds. Why do we need any more evidence? We've heard all there is as good to him to say it himself. Then they all took Jesus to Pilate and began bringing up charges against him. They said, we found this man undermining our law and order, forbidding taxes to be paid to Caesar, setting him up as Messiah King. Pilate asked him, is this true that you're king of the Jews? Those are your words, not mine, Jesus replied. Pilate told, told the high priests and the accompanying crowd, I find nothing wrong here. He seems harmless enough to me. But they were vehement. He's stirring up unrest among the people with his teaching, disturbing the peace everywhere, starting in Galilee and now all through Judea. He's a dangerous man, endangering the peace. When Pilate heard that, he asked, so he's a Galilean? Realizing that he properly came under Herod's jurisdiction, he passed the buck to Herod, who just happened to be in Jerusalem for a few days. Herod was delighted when Jesus showed up. He'd wanted to see him for a long time. He'd heard so much about him. He hoped to see him do something spectacular. He peppered him with questions. Jesus didn't answer, not one word. But the high priests and the religion scholars were right there, saying their piece, strident and shrill in their accusations. Mightily offended, Herod turned on Jesus. His soldiers joined in, taunting and jeering. Then they dressed him up in an elaborate king costume and sent him back to Pilate. That day, Herod and Pilate became thick as thieves. Always before, they kept their distance. Then Pilate called in the high priests, rulers, and the others, and said to him, 
You brought this man to me as a disturber of the peace. I examined him in front of you all and found there was nothing to your charge, and neither did Herod, for he sent him back here with a clean bill of health. And clear that he's done nothing wrong, let alone anything deserving death. I'm going to warn him to watch his step and let him go. At that, the crowd went wild. Kill him! Give us Barabbas! Barabbas had been thrown in prison for starting a riot in the city and for murder. Pilate still wanted to let Jesus go, and so spoke out again. But they kept shouting back, Crucify! Crucify him! He tried a third time. But for what crime? I found nothing in him deserving death. I'm going to warn him and watch his step and let him go. But they kept at it, a shouting mob, demanding that he be crucified. And finally, they shouted him down. Pilate caved in and gave them what they wanted. He released the man thrown in prison for rioting and murder and gave them Jesus to do whatever they wanted. Quite a story. I'd like to look at four of the interactions that people had with Jesus. And as I think you can probably tell from that passage, I don't think anybody around Jesus really outshone themselves that day. Nobody really came true, stood up for him. And I think these four ways, I'm very quickly going to go through them, illuminate the way that the different people can be flawed. And we as humans, just general human beings, are flawed in the way that we can respond to certain situations and let God and others down. But the, the, the good news and why I'm, I'm looking at this, and why it's important, for certainly for, for the children that have been baptized today, why it's good news that we celebrate their baptism into this faith, is the fact that even although these people failed Jesus, that they let him down, that he still went to the cross for them. He still died for them, and he forgave them, And the good news is that he will do that for us. However we may fail him, however we may let him down, that he died for us, he went to the cross for us, and that he longs for us to come back to him and to live for him. So, Peter, he's the one that we hear about so often. And Peter really represents those of us who we can be fully committed to a cause and we can be fully committed to a person, but just at that hour of need, our own human nature of self-protection kicks in. I think Peter really does get a bad rap because he gets known as the person that, that let Jesus down. But if you think about it, he was the one person that had tried to stay with him. He was the one person that we hear about stayed close to Jesus, even tried to come into the courtyard to be with him. He was the one person that, that he did his very best. The rest, we don't hear about the rest. They'd scarpered. But I think the, 
what's difficult and most difficult for Peter is I think for, for those of us when we fail Jesus or God or when we fail somebody that we're truly committed to is it's because it goes against what we've committed to ourselves. Peter had said to Jesus earlier on that night, I'll never betray you. I'll never do anything to let you down. And Jesus actually said to him, Peter, you will. Even before the cock crows, you'll deny me three times. And for Peter, he was, I think he was the one he was the one that was most upset. Jesus knew that he was going to, that Peter might stumble and fail him. And he still loved him. He still went to the cross for him. He told him that. But Peter felt awful. And it's extraordinary and wonderful that this, this person that seemingly failed and went against his word is the one person that Jesus actually said he was going to build his whole church on we realize that there is hope at the end of this story because Peter meets Jesus in his resurrected life and he, Jesus reinstates Peter. He says he forgives him. He calls him back. He calls him the rock and is the one that the whole church... This most, Peter was the most important man in the early church, yet he was the one that had failed Jesus. Isn't it extraordinary that the man that became the most important person in the, in the early church, his failure is recorded in every single gospel. But for that failure, it's only, it's only failure if we don't bring ourselves back to God. The wonderful thing about Peter as opposed to Judas was the fact was that he turned himself back to God. He had remorse and he kept on seeking back to God. And I, talking about somebody that signed up for the Christian faith, you know, I, that's what I've done. You know, I've, I've gone forward for ordination. I know I'm committed. I want to follow Jesus with everything I've got. And there are times where I find myself just bottling, whether it's talking to somebody on the tube about faith, whether it's just going that extra mile for somebody. I know I should, but when it comes to an area of personal safety or or I just think, oh, it's going to be a bit too awkward. There's times when I bottle, and I feel rubbish when I've done it. And I'm sure you do the same, whether that's in your walk with God or for your walk with your spouse or somebody that you love. But the wonderful news is that Peter, and for all of us who are fully committed to the, the cause and that, this relationship, but bottle one way we feel personally at risk, Christ went to the cross for us. He knows our failure, and he still calls us with open arms to turn back to him. The last, the next three, very quickly. The soldiers. We don't question and just, we just don't question, we just do what we're told. The soldiers really represent that those of us, when we're in that place of, oh, more than my job's worth, you know, that we just do something. We, we don't think about it because we feel that that's just what we've been told. And that, either that can be in our work. Sometimes that can be in our families. We find our family situations where we'll do things in a certain way because that's what we've always been told. We've been conditioned to do. 
And we know that the, the soldiers here, uh, as it is in any situation where power gets out of control, I mean, we, we just need to think of the word Abu Ghraib, and we have those pictures of, the, of, of the, in a, the, that prison in Iraq where the prison warders just get so carried away with their power. And I don't think we do, in our lives, I hope none of us do anything that terrible. But I know that we will do things because we just say, oh, well, that's, that's what I'm paid to do. That's, that's just who I am. I'm, I, I, it's more than my job's worth to do anything else or to question that. But sometimes just by the power or the, the, the influence we have, we can we can choose to slander or to ridicule or just to, to say an unkind word. It's because it fits in with what we've been told to do. And there is a glimmer of hope for at least one of the soldiers when he was by the cross, when he saw how Jesus died and how, um, how righteous he was. He looks up at him and the centurion, seeing what had happened, praised God and said, surely this was a righteous man. And like that centurion, and maybe for the other soldiers, and for all of us who fail when we don't question and just do what we're told, rather than doing what we know is right, Christ went to the cross for us. He knows our failure, and he still calls us with open arms to turn back to him. Then we've got Pilate. I say this is a litany. It's, 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 it may feel like a... a, a this is hard work, but the, I'm just reminding you that this, we know this because actually each one of us, we know we're human. We mess up just like these people. But there is good news because Christ has saved us. So Pilate, I think he really represents the happy to, to discuss options, but when it means having to make a decision, going with whatever's easiest or whatever in public opinion we actually read in Matthew's account that Pilate was really impressed with Jesus of how he handled himself. And Pilate is really happy to discuss and to, to think about all the options and to, to hear what Jesus had to say. And we see that Pilate actually did not want to condemn uh, Jesus three times in symmetry, almost with Peter's denial. Verse 14, he found no basis for the charges. Verse 20, he says, wanting to release him. And verse 22, and he says again, why, what crime has he committed? I think for, for us, we can find ourselves in, in this, this place. It's almost like the, the classic place that most politicians get pigeonholed into or, or accused of, is that it's all about talk, but when it comes down to it, it's all about what, what will make the, the best sense with the voters, that actually we, do, we sacrifice our own morals for, for somebody else or for what other people say. And it can be the biggest challenge for any of us in leadership, whether that's as, as a parent, whether that's in, in, in a manager of one or a director of a thousand, that we need to, to, to follow what is right in our, our own selves. We need to follow Christ and to follow God for, for ourselves. And when something's not right, to stick to it. And that is so hard. I know I've failed in that way so often. 
it's so much easier just to bend to the will of everybody else around rather than be courageous and to do what is right. I don't know, I think Pilate probably always felt uneasy about what happened and for not letting... But for all of us, there are times when we fail. But as for Pilate and for all of us who are happy to discuss options, but when it means having to make a decision that we go and do what pleases others rather than what's true, Christ still went to the cross for Pilate and for us. He knows our failure, and he still calls us with open arms to turn back to him. And then very quickly, the crowd has been swayed by emotion and don't want to be the lone person speaking out. And we're told that they were, they were whipped up by the, the crowd, by the Sadducees and the chief priests, because they were fearful of Jesus because he was going to threaten their power and influence. And we all know for ourselves, we don't like to stick out from the crowd. So when everybody else is shouting out or saying that one thing is fantastic, we don't want to go against the crowd. We, there's so many tests, psychological tests, of where they've put young people into a room and they've, they've rigged the room so that only one person hasn't a clue what's going on. And um, I think the, one of them was where they got ten young people. Nine of those young people had been secretly instructed to vote for the second longest line where they had three lines the shortest, the middle, and the, the longest. And um, there was one student who didn't have a clue, and he was, they were the pers- he was the person they were conducting the experiment, experiment on. So what happened was the people were conducting the experiment, we want you to vote for the longest line, and they held up the medium-sized line, and the nine students who'd been instructed all raised their hands and voted for that as being the longest line. And the tenth student looked around in total disbelief, and he thought, I, must, I can't have been listening to the question. I must have got it wrong. And so he carefully raised his hand because he thought he'd heard wrong. And so the directions were explained again, and they did this three, four times, and all, everybody else voted for the middle line rather than the longest line. And this guy, every time, this, the, 75% of, of students that were put in that situation just bowed to the, the will of the crowd. They didn't go with what they knew was right. And we do that whether it's gossip or not willing to stand up for somebody. It could be either somebody we know at work or it could be a teacher of one of our parents and if one of the other parents has got upset about them and is enjoying saying something about them and we don't chip in with what we know to be positive or good but just join in with the, with the same. We all know, we all know we do that at times. So it's hard as we hear these four, Peter, the soldiers, Pilate, the crowd. We realize that we, can, we all let people down. It's hard hearing that. But the wonderful news is that we don't need to be ashamed that Jesus actually died for those people. The wonderful thing is about the cross and about Easter is that Jesus died for those people. He died. He, he said, I realize that you're not going to be perfect. He knows that we're going to fail. 
And certainly for the, for the children that we're, bat, that we're baptizing today, we, it, it reminds us that God gives us a second chance. They're so little, they're so innocent, so wonderful. But they're going to need to know that when they grow up, that, that when they fail, that they're still going to be loved, whatever happens, that God loves them and supports them and knows them and wants to be with them. It's the wonderful message of grace that you and I need to hear again and again and again. I'm going to read some words from a chapter called The Cross and Failure, which we uh, did in our Lent group. And this is just uh, words for all of us. So when we realize that we fail, when we realize that we let Jesus down, like these people, we need to hear this. There is a message. This is a message for lousy Christians. If you think you've failed as a Christian, that all the others are better than you, they pray longer, drink less, feel less lustful, evangelize more effectively, then this is a story for you. Jesus died for you, not because you're a good Christian, but because you're a bad one. God loves lousy Christians, failed Christians, honest Christians. In fact, he's likely most often to use those who know they're lousy Christians. It's no accident that Peter, the failure, became the central figure in Christianity. Jesus predicted that he'd build his church on the rock that was Peter, in full awareness that he'd fail badly. And this word came true as well. The story of the cross introduces us to a God who loves failures. In fact, he, can't, he can do more with failures than he can with those who've never experienced their own frailty and weakness. And of course, he does not want us to continue to fail. He wants instead to rebuild us so that we're less likely in future to fail, less fragile, more robust, reliable, and likely to stick to our word, both towards ourselves, others, and towards God. Yet the path to faithfulness usually begins with the recognition of unfaithfulness. Let's pray. Father, thank you. that you welcome us, even though we might fail. Thank you that even though we may be lousy at keeping doing the things that you long for us to do, and we even long to do, thank you that you can use us and want to use us. Thank you for the hope that we have in you. 